Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of, wow, taking out three Sifri Torah, what I used to call Kodak Shabbos moment. Wow. The idea being first parsha, first Sefer Torah is Parshas Sazria. Second one, it is Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And finally, the third one is Parshas HaChodesh, the first 20 psukim of, of chapter Yud Beis in uh, Parshas Bo, three Sifrei Torah. Before we even discuss any of the Kriyas Torah, I just want to begin on behalf of all the listeners of Nachum Siegel Network, JM in the AM, I can only tell you that first of all, I know I speak for all of us, how truly saddened we are on behalf of the loss that Nachum experienced last Mosoi Shabbos of his um, studio, unfortunately, going up in flames and everything that he had amassed and accumulated, aside from all the equipment, uh, was burnt and nothing left at all. I want to say two things. Number one, how grateful he is for the immediate response of so many people in terms of their financial response and in terms of their emotional response. But the second point I want to share with you, and this you don't have to repeat to Nachum, is how proud I am of his response. And that is as follows. For almost 40 years now, Nachum, and through his program, and through his staff that work with him, have been not only uh, waking us up to Jewish music, and being a part of the Jewish community, being a part of the positive, the smachot, and the wonderful positive things happening uh, throughout the Jewish world, and I mean that literally, where he's gone on our behalf to be our ambassador, but also bringing to our attention truly the idea of that when, unfortunately, people experience various losses, including a fire, he was there all along to help us try to respond to others. And I can only tell you what he told me personally, and that is that as empathetic and sympathetic as he was until now, he now will attempt to be all the more so to others having experienced this himself. An incredible, powerful lesson learned from a personal tzara. And we pray that he will no longer experience like anybody else, but the incredible insight that he has and to say to Hashem thank you for taking it out on the Eitzim and Avonim and not God forbid on any individual for this we are so grateful as indeed he is. Pasha Sazria 
has a total, according to the Chinuch, of seven mitzvos, five positive mitzvos, and two negative, two losase. Now, there's no question about it that the leprosy that we call the majority of Parsha Sazria and next week's Mitzora, the carbon for it, the leprosy that we are talking about is not the medical uh, leprosy. Best proof, Uviyom Osbo. The Gemara teaches us that there are only certain days that the Kohen would look to see a nega. And if you're sitting at a Sheva Brachos and you say to yourself, uh-oh, that looks like a nega tzora'as on the chasan. If this was a contagious disease, you would immediately go to a Kohen. And the answer is no. We wait until after Sheva Brachos. More than that, Aliyah Laregel, there are hundreds of thousands of Jews, and you're walking towards the Beis Migdash, And to your right or to your left, you see a Jew with a blemish. And you say to yourself, uh-oh, maybe that's Tzara'as. You're not going to say, is there a Kohen anywhere around? Let's check it out. The answer is no. So we see that this is not the contagious disease in that sense of the term. It's a contagious disease in terms of a spiritual nature. Namely, that by one speaking bad about somebody else, they have isolated them from the community, creating a schism, and therefore the Torah says, Badad Yeshev, when the Kohen looks at the Nega and appears to him that it is a negatzara'as, so he is to be isolated from the community. As he isolated one from another within, the same thing is done for him. Now, Rishlokish in the Gemara Erechin 15b teaches that the source of this mitzvah, excuse me, of this Pro, uh, plague of Tzara'as comes from Motzira, as the Torah uses in the beginning of next week's Parsha, Zos, Tiyat, Torah, Hametzora. This is the mechanism with which the Mitzora, the one who has Tzara'as, frees himself of this uh, disease, and he plays with the word Mitzora. That Mitzora is in a acronym for Motsi Shemra, one who has spoken bad uh, of uh, of another. So in this week's Parsha, we speak about Tzora'as of the individual, and it's worth making sure that you read the Ramban on the end of the Parsha, where the Torah speaks about, as there are three kinds of Tzora'as on the house next week, on the beged, one's garment, and on the body. And the Ramban says, in speaking about Sora'as on the beged, that this is so completely lamalaminateva. It is completely supernatural. Number one, only in Eretz Yisrael, and number two, 
is HaKadosh Baruch Hu showing tough love. Somebody steps out of line, HaKadosh Baruch Hu literally zaps them with Tzora'as. So what we find in this parsha <coughs> is Tzora'as on the individual. And let's take a step back. As we are preparing for Pesach, the entire Pesach experience in terms of our being enslaved in Mitzrayim, just as we get down to Mitzrayim through, unfortunately, a breakdown of uh, brotherhood between the Achim and Yosef, we find that the very beginning of Parshas uh, Shmos in chapter 2, when Moshe goes out and is there on the first day to help his brothers with their servitude. So he sees a uh, Ish Mitzri, right? He sees an Egyptian beating a Jew. And the Torah tells us Moshe looks here and there, meaning, will any good come of him down the line? The answer is no. What does Moshe do? Vayachas a Mitzri. Moshe slays, strikes the Mitzri, and Vayitmineyu Bachol, he buries him. On the second day, he goes out and he sees two Anoshim Ivrim Nitzim. He sees two of our own, unfortunately, fighting. And Moshe says to the one who is about to hit the other one, Lama Sake Reyecha. Who are you? How and why would you hit your fellow? Ah, how does he answer him? Instead of saying thank you for stopping me from doing something, no. No. Halrogenia to Omer, are you gonna kill me? says, as we know, the Dasan to Moshe. Kasheharakta is a mitzri, as you indeed what? killed the Mitzri. So Vayira Moshe, Moshe became frightened. Vayomar, and he says, Now I know that the matter is known. What does it mean? On, on the surface it means, it's known that I killed the Egyptian. But no, Rashi brings from the Tanhuma, and this is going to hurt, that Moshe is saying, uh-oh, until now, says Moshe, I didn't know why it is that Am Yisrael is being persecuted more than any other nation. And now he says, now I see, he says, Yesh Beinechem Lashon Hora, because you have evil speech, because there is this kind of contentiousness between you, Heich Atem Ruuyim the Geula, you are not worthy of redemption. The Gemara on that same daf in Erechin 15b teaches that what is the remedy towards Lashon Hara? So one of the remedies is Yashpil Daito. He should humble himself, strive for humility, because after all, Lashon Hara comes because a person considers himself more superior, at least in one way, uh, and therefore will find a deficiency in somebody else, 
And the truth is, he focuses on one deficiency in the person, even though the person might have another and many good qualities, he focuses on the deficiency, and a midah keneged midah, he is punished the same way that he gets a, um, a blemish on one part of his body, namely, we're focusing on just that one part. You focused on the negative, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends that one spot on the individual as well. Now, the idea is that the individual is to focus on humbling himself, and that will hopefully rid him on the sin of Lashon Hara. The same is true we find in Mitzrayim. We say every day before the Shemona Esrei that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Motzi Asirim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu literally uh, removed and took out of Egypt those that were confined, right, those that were bound in Egypt, Ufode Anovim, and he redeemed those who were the modest, because in order to merit redemption, we had to be on the state of humility. Then and only then were we able to deserve to be freed. And we find this as well in the Shira that we say every day, and the Chafetz Chaim in his Sefer, Allah Torah, on that Pasuk, points out the Tona Debei Eliyahu, that it was not until later on in Mitzrayim that we formed an Aguda, we formed a union among Klal Yisrael, that we would do Gemilas Chasodim, Zeim Zeh, that we would do Chesed one to another, then we became worthy of redemption. I just wish to conclude this idea that Pesach is coming. And at the Pesach Seder, it ends with Nirtzeh. Nirtzeh, as we pointed out in the past, from the Lashon Ritzei, which is used in conjunction with Korbonos. We ask Hashem that He should please look upon that our uh, Seder would be looked upon as a Korbon, and Hashem should please accept our carbon and be pleased with it. A carbon has to be brought with cliches, with vessels, and these vessels naturally had to be in a state of purity. Pesach, according to our rabbis, is Pesach, the mouth that speaks. And therefore, in order for our mouth to speak the mitzvah of and to say thank you Hashem for what you've done in terms of the past and what you will do for us in the future it has to be in a state of purity the same way there's with that feather we have to take out every last crumb Okay, so too we have to remove from our mouth, our clay shores, all the impurity. Allow me to conclude with the teachings of our uh, Chachomim, specifically the Baal Shem Tov, on the Mishnah in Nagoyim, Perik Bey's Mishnah Hay, where the Mishnah says, Kova Nagoyim, Odom Literally, it means that a Kohen can't look at his own Nega'im. He's going to be biased. 
and therefore he can look at everybody else's but not his own. But the Baal Shem Tov gave a different twist to this. All infirmities, all uh, bad things that we see in the next one, Kama, really comes Minige Atzmo. It's a reflection of a person seeing what he has, he sees his own faults, his own negatives in the next one. And I saw in Rav Sholem Razna Sefer, Sholem Rav, on this week's Parsha, a beautiful example given by the Baal Shem Tov. He told of a story of a town milkman who was suddenly summoned to court. He was a very honest man and was surprised someone filed a complaint against him. The plaintiff was the baker in town. The baker was accustomed to acquiring all his dairy products from this milkman. The baker suspected that the milkman was cheating him, so he weighed the butter, and lo and behold, what was labeled a pound was in fact slightly less. On the day of the trial, the milkman arrived in court for the first time in his life. The judge recited the alleged crime of fraud by selling incorrect measurements of goods. The judge then asked the milkman whether he checks the weight of the goods he sells with a professional scale. The milkman replied he does not own a professional scale. The judge responded in disbelief. How can you just estimate the weight of products? You just decide on your own? That's cheating. The milkman responded that he does not own a professional scale, but has another way of determining the accuracy of the weight of his products. Every morning, the milkman said, I buy a pound of bread from the baker. I put the bread on one side of a scale and the butter on the other side. When it's balanced, I know that's a pound of butter. The judge then turned to the baker, now red in the face, and said to him, one who condemns another condemns with his own faults. Before you speak about somebody else, remind yourself of the milkman and the baker. And let's make sure that we remove that baker from within ourselves. Shabbat Shalom to all.